0: We've all done things in our lives that we might call cringeworthy, right? Things we look back on and think, what was I thinking? How could I have been so foolish? Why did I put that on Facebook? <laughs> yeah, or maybe, how could I have been such a jerk? So I thought I'd begin by telling you one of my cringeworthy stories this morning. If you've been here long at all, uh, you have heard me talk about some of the backpacking trips I took during my high school and college days. Those adventures were formative experiences uh, for me. I I had a number of really significant encounters with Jesus while hiking through the Rockies. And uh, they were just instrumental in setting the course for my life. But as I was thinking and praying about this talk, I was reminded about something on one of my first backpacking trips that I would just as soon forget. That summer, after my junior year in high school, my best friend Jeff Rohr and I went hiking in the uh, uh, Canadian Rockies. This is the uh, area we were in. We were on what's called the North Boundary Trail of Jasper National Park in Alberta. And then we crossed over the Continental Divide and hiked through the Valley of a Thousand Falls in British Columbia. Uh, So it was quite the trip. Uh, It was very wild, remote country, that's Berg Lake there with the glacier coming down into it. Uh, Most days we saw no other people besides the moose and the elk that we did see. We knew there were grizzlies in the area. We talked to a ranger we ran into the first day of our hike who told us to be careful because someone had had to climb a tree to escape a grizzly the week before on our trail. Uh, We also saw wolf tracks that were wider than our hiking boots. in the mud. So that was something. So there were definitely some dangers to be aware of on this trip. Well, I was 17 years old. <clears throat> and while I'd had a fairly religious upbringing, I wasn't a follower of Jesus at that point. There was a lot about me that needed to be transformed, you could say. Still is, but not as much as it was back then, right? I was in better shape than Jeff. I was really comfortable in the wilderness, I had a lot of self-confidence and I wasn't particularly patient or sensitive to Jeff's concerns or abilities to say the least. Well, Jeff was pretty worried about the bears and he didn't hike as fast as I wanted to. So around the third day of our trip, I thought, fine, I'll just go on ahead. Well, Jeff fell farther and farther behind, totally out of sight to me, until he was like several hundred yards, maybe a half a mile behind me. And I could hear this faint voice in the distance yelling, Pat, Pat, wait for me! But it was faint enough that it was easy to ignore. So I did, and I just kept on hiking. Ouch, right? Ew. <clears throat> Fortunately, Jeff did not get picked off by a bear or a wolf, maybe because his yelling scared them away. I think I relented the next day, or maybe it was the day after that, and stayed with him. But it's still amazing that we remained friends. I do remember, though, after the trip, we didn't hang out together for a couple of months. Well, there is a point to that story, and I'll get back to it. <clears throat> Last week, Adam started us off on our fall sermon series that we're calling, What Matters Most?, There are so many things in life that compete for our attention. Uh, So many things that all seem so important, and they are important. You know, we've all got families, we have uh, careers, friends, jobs, you know, maybe you're in school, we have our financial security to be concerned about, we have hobbies, we have vacations, we have all the things we love to do that feed our souls. They're all important, and they all compete for our attention. But I've been thinking a lot, over the past few months about what matters most and I'm pretty sure that most of us here would agree that what matters most is our relationship with Jesus Yet what matters most is growing as disciples of Jesus growing as people who worship God love with his love serve with his grace it's easy though for those other important things to shift from simply being important to becoming what matters most to us. And when that happens, our lives get out of whack. Things start to break down. Our priorities get messed up. And it might not seem like that at first, but in the end, our lives are diminished. But when we keep what truly matters most at the center of our lives, when, in other words, we keep the main things as the main things, well, that causes then everything else in our lives to fall into its proper place and flourish. Our lives are transformed little by little, step by step, so that we become more and more the people that we long to be, the people Jesus created us to be. So the question is, what can we do to keep our relationship with Jesus, keep what actually matters most at the center of our lives? Because that won't happen unless we're intentional about it. Last week, Adam talked about following Jesus. If you weren't here, please listen to the podcast. It was an important message that I'd really like all of you to hear. This week, I'm going to talk about keeping in step with the Holy Spirit. So, are you ready? Let's pray. So, Lord, uh, we do want to be people who center our lives on you. And so, we just open ourselves to you your word, to your spirit this morning. Ask you to come work in us, um, shape us, mold us, Lord, and and even cause that desire to grow in us, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to read to you from uh, the message version of Matthew 11, verses 28 to 30 to begin. It says, Jesus speaking. freely, and lightly. Well, this passage is a really good reminder that the life that Jesus is inviting us into is a really good life. It's not a life filled with frantic religious activity. It's not a life of constantly trying to measure up. It's not a life filled with guilt or shame because you always feel like you're falling short. In fact, that that frantic, religious, guilt-filled life is the kind of life Jesus came to set us free from. That is the kind of life he's inviting us out of so that we can instead live in the unforced rhythms of God's grace, so that we can live freely and lightly. But responding to Jesus' invitation does require something of us. Like Adam said last week, it requires that we follow Jesus. Or as this passage puts it, it it requires that we walk with Jesus all the time. All too often, the way we tend to live is a lot like the way I was hiking with Jeff. I wasn't really hiking with Jeff, right? I was way out ahead of him doing my own thing. And as a result, his voice was just a faint noise on the periphery of my consciousness that was easy to ignore. Now, maybe we spend some time with Jesus when we get up in the morning, just like I had breakfast with Jeff each day on that trip. We read our Bibles, maybe we pray a bit, but then we're off and running for the day, letting all those other important things direct our lives and fill our lives and shape our lives while the voice of Jesus becomes at best just a faint noise on the periphery of our conscious that's easy to ignore. But the invitation of Jesus is, walk with me, work with me all the time. How is that even possible? Well, Jesus was talking with his disciples one day and trying to prepare them for the fact that he wasn't always going to be physically with them. Jesus said to them in John 14, but I'm not going to leave you as orphans. You're not going to be left on your own. The Father is going to send the Holy Spirit to you. In fact, the Holy Spirit will be in you. The place to start with all of this is realizing that that is actually true. It's not just words. That if you've given your life to Jesus, then the Holy Spirit is in you in Romans 8 Paul writes you however are not in the flesh but in the Spirit if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him so in other words anyone who does belong to Jesus has the Spirit in them all of us who belong to Jesus You know, all of us who have given our lives to him have the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, God himself living in us. Somehow, that has to move from being simply information we've heard to becoming a revelation that grips us. Every minute of every day, the Holy Spirit is in you. When you wake up in the morning the Holy Spirit is in you. When you're reading the Bible, the Holy Spirit is in you. When you go to work or go to school, the Holy Spirit is in you. When you're eating dinner, the Holy Spirit is in you. When you go out, when you go to a movie or go to a bar or go to a coffee shop or go shopping, the Holy Spirit is in you. When you are loving and serving others, the Holy Spirit is in you. When you are sinning, the Holy Spirit is in you. When you come to church, the Holy Spirit is in you. There is never a moment when the Holy Spirit is not in you. Every minute of every day, the Holy Spirit is in you. Amen? The invitation of Jesus to each one of us is walk with me, work with me all the time. How is that even possible? It's possible because the Holy Spirit is in you. And he's not silent. The Holy Spirit in you is speaking to you, nudging you, encouraging you, warning you, comforting you every minute of every day. But he doesn't control us. He doesn't manipulate us. He doesn't shout at us. He doesn't coerce us to do what he wants us to do. It's more than possible to live as though you're walking a few hundred yards ahead of the Holy Spirit, even though he's in you, so that his voice sounds distant and muffled and so easy to ignore that you don't even hear it. It's easy to let all those other important things we do push aside what matters most So that the voice of the spirit in us is drowned out by the noise. But he's still there. And he's still talking to you. Because what did Jesus say? I'll never leave you or forsake you. Right? Never. Jesus is always inviting us through his spirit saying walk with me. Work with me all the time. Walk with me and you'll learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Walk with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And I think something that's important to get in this too is that Jesus is always here inviting us into that. I think for many of us, we start hearing this and the immediate response we have is guilt. It's like, I'm a failure. I'm not doing this. That's not what Jesus is after. He's here saying, hey, I'm here. You You can listen to me. Wherever you're at, wherever you're at now, you can begin just to listen to me a little bit more. You can grow in this. It's here and it's never going away because I'm in you. Right? My spirit is in you. So you don't have to feel guilt. He's not calling you into guilt. He's calling you out of guilt. He's calling you out of shame and he's calling you into hearing his voice and walking with him. Amen? Yeah. I remember one of my first experiences of learning how real this was. I was in college and I, I often carried or I almost always carried a really heavy course load. And I would hit these times when I was just buried in work. Yeah, like that. I'm sure you can all relate in one way or another, right? That's how I felt, though. For me, it was, it was usually when I had several major papers assigned to be written at the same time. <clears throat> and there, there were two times, I remember in particular, when I knew there was no way, simply no way, I was going to be able to do all that I had to do. I mean, there just was not enough time. And so I started stressing out, which doesn't help. But both times then, I sensed the Spirit saying to me, just trust me. I have a solution for this. And so I listened to him and decided I'd give it a try. Well, in one case, one of the major assignments just got canceled. I can't remember why, but I remember I was amazed. It just got dropped. In the second case, I realized I could use the same paper for two different classes, and the professor okayed it. Both professors okayed it. I've no doubt it was the Spirit nudging me and showing me that solution. In, In both cases, I learned to listen to the Spirit, and as a result, I lived a little more freely and lightly. See, the Holy Spirit isn't just speaking to us about spiritual things, right? He speaks to us about everything. He's concerned with your whole life. We say we have a relationship with Jesus, you know, a relationship with God. Well, a relationship, at least a good one, always involves conversation. And not just conversation about the big, heavy issues, his conversation includes the mundane details of everyday life, you know, with us too, right? Everything's involved. The invitation of Jesus is this, walk with me, work with me all the time. Told you a few weeks ago about how I recently bought a used Toyota Highlander and how I felt God say it was his gift to me uh, when I got it. Well, I bought that car off of Craigslist, but I wasn't planning on doing that. Uh, Some of you know Charles Isaacson, who goes here, he runs Lighthouse Auto, and I had Charles looking for a car for me, because I trust his judgment on used cars. But even though I did that, one evening I just felt this nudge, this strong nudge, to take a look at Craigslist, and so I did. And right away, up popped up, to my surprise, exactly the car I was looking for, in fact, better than the car I was looking for, and I'm confident. That was the Holy Spirit leading me, saying, walk with me this way, this time, right? He talks to us about everything. Now, of course, this isn't just all about us getting what we want or having our lives made a bit easier. This is about us growing as disciples of Jesus. This is about us having our lives transformed into the image of Christ for the sake of others. when we allow growing as disciples of Jesus to be what matters most in our lives, and we practice keeping in step with the Spirit so that what matters most really is at the center of our lives, well, then our whole life is impacted. We experience more of those unforced rhythms of grace in every part of our life. Sound good? So Paul writes this to us in Galatians. This is Galatians 5, starting in verse 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh." It's just as important to realize what Paul is not saying in that passage as it is to realize what he is saying. Paul is not saying that you had better try really, really hard not to do any of those works of the flesh or God will be mad at you. Nor is Paul saying that you had better try really, really hard to have more of the fruit of the Spirit in your life so that God will be happy with you. Paul is saying that the life you long for is actually available to you. Getting the junk cleaned out of your life really is possible. Being healed of those wounds and hurts of the past and experiencing the love and the joy and the peace of God isn't just an unrealistic dream. You, in fact, can be patient with your kids. You can be kind to people that you disagree with. You can be faithful to your spouse for your entire life, your whole life. You don't have to give in to temptation. You can have self-control. Jesus died for you and rose from the dead and sent the Holy Spirit to be in you so that you could have that kind of life. See, he's not shaking his finger at you through this passage. He's inviting you into life. And it all comes through living by Walking with, keeping in step with the Spirit. Keeping in step with the Spirit who's in you. Still with me? (laughs) Walking with Jesus, right? Working with Jesus. Learning the unforced rhythms of grace. Learning to live freely and lightly. That's the life he's inviting you into all the time. So how practically can we do that? Well, in some ways, everything that we talk about in this series over the next few weeks will be ways to keep in step with the Spirit. So you'll want to be here. But the short answer is this. Listen to him. Listen to the voice of the Spirit. He is in you and he is speaking to you. Isaiah prophesied about how it would be for us when the Spirit was given to us. He said, and your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it when you turn to the right or turn to the left. Now often that voice will seem to you like your own thoughts, your own ideas. That's not surprising since the Holy Spirit's in you, right? So it sounds like your own voice. It's coming from within you, not from outside. His voice might come as just a sense. It might come as a feeling. It might come as a nudge. Listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. Pay attention to those nudges. He really is speaking to you. Jesus said that we, his sheep, would know his voice. So when you think it might be Jesus talking to you by his spirit, chances are it is. When you're not sure if it's Jesus speaking to you by his spirit, ask him is that you lord and then do what he says jesus invitation to us is walk with me work with me all the time so we respond by keeping in step with the spirit listening to his voice in doing what he says and so we learn to live freely and lightly living in the unforced rhythms of grace Now, where we'd love to end up is being tuned into the Spirit's voice every moment of every day, right? Wouldn't that be nice? But I don't know that any of us ever quite get all the way there in this life. So I know I certainly haven't. And it's definitely not where we start. So what if we just scheduled a few times into our day when we stop for just a minute and listen to the Spirit? What is he saying to you right now about your day in that moment? What is he saying to you about what you're doing? What is he saying to you about you? Now, I know as simple as that sounds, in practice, it can be really difficult to establish a habit of stopping, even for a minute, to listen to God in the midst of our days, right? We get busy. We just get going. We don't, we don't even think about it. It doesn't occur to us until the day's over and we realize, oh, man, I didn't do it again. But a while back, Lisa shared with me something that she had read about developing what uh, this author called tiny habits that I think could be really helpful. The problem with trying to establish new habits in our lives, uh, he said, whether that's something like exercising or cleaning the house or stopping to listen to the Holy Spirit, is that it's really hard to interject a new major activity into our already busy lives and establish it as a consistent practice. I mean, it it can be done, but it's hard. And we're busy, so we often don't stick with it. But he said it is much easier to tack on a new small activity to something we already do. That's what he calls a tiny habit, a simple, brief activity that you tack onto something that you're already doing regularly. So for example, I had this pair of 10-pound weights sitting in my bedroom for more than a year, right? My intention was to start using them, doing a little lifting every day. Now, I may have done it once or twice when I first put them in my bedroom, but that was it, right? You know, it was just easy to ignore them. There's always something else to do. I was in a hurry to get ready in the morning or whatever, and pretty soon I didn't even see them anymore. They were just furniture sitting there collecting dust. But after hearing about tiny habits, I decided to give it a try. Every morning after my shower, I get dressed without fail, right? I mean, it's something I do every day without even thinking about it. I can't remember the last time I walked out of the house without clothes on. So I decided that while getting dressed, I would do 10 curls, right? Really simple, takes about a minute uh, with the weights. That would be my tiny habit tacked onto something that I already regularly do. It works. I mean, I've done it just about every day for the past three months or so now. You can probably tell. (laughs) In fact, I've upped it to 20 curls now. Whoa! So what if we all did something like that with listening to the Holy Spirit, right? Make it a tiny habit that we tack on to something that you're already doing. Maybe it's whenever you go to get a cup of coffee or a drink of water. Maybe it's whenever you check your email or open Facebook or Instagram. Maybe it's whenever you go to the restroom. You can add it on to anything, right? Something that you regularly do already. It's a tiny habit, so make sure it's tiny. That's part of it. You keep it small. Just a minute to stop and listen to the Holy Spirit. Now, you might not feel like you're hearing much at first. That's okay. If you keep it up day after day, Pretty soon, you'll realize that you actually are hearing the Holy Spirit. You'll grow familiar with His voice. And that's going to help you grow in keeping in step with the Spirit. And before you know it, you'll be hearing His voice more throughout the day, even when you're not stopping to listen. Jesus' invitation to us is this walk with me, work with me all the time. So here's an idea. Why don't we take a moment right now to practice this? To practice listening to the Spirit. Here's what you can ask him. Holy Spirit, you know, what activity could I attach the tiny habit of listening to you to? What, what activity? Just let's just stop now. Take a moment, be quiet, and ask him that. What should I attach it to? See what he says, okay? Give that a try this week. I think you'll be amazed at how easy it is, how good it is. Amen.